I've got cancer, but I'm part of a clinical trial that could lead to new breakthroughs. I've got cancer, but I've also got researchers working together to find a cure. If you or a loved one has cancer, you need New Jersey's only comprehensive cancer center designated by the National Cancer Institute. I've got cancer, but I've also got hope. Learn more at rwjbh.org slash beatcancer. RWJ Barnabas Health and Rutgers Cancer Institute of New Jersey. Let's beat cancer together. RWJ Barnabas Health, New Jersey's largest academic health care system and official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. Let's be healthy together. Learn more at rwjbh.org. Speak of the Devils is supported by Riverside Oral Surgery, official partner of the New Jersey Devils. Bogart here with my co-host Amanda Stein and we have two really special guests today two guests that were the first all women's digital broadcast team for the New Jersey Devils back in a very exciting game against the Colorado Avalanche we have Erica Ayala who was on color commentary and Kelly Schultz who was on play-by-play ladies welcome back to another Devils event we are so happy to have you both here I wouldn't have missed it for anything this is awesome thanks ladies Yeah, so great to be back. The gang's all back. (laughs) You know, I got to tell you, I was worried about that game at one point because I was like, oh man, we can't have them here on the broadcast and have like no home goals to an, I was getting nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was getting nervous. I know Catherine, you were getting nervous. Like I think all of us collectively are getting nervous. So to call, you know, what Lindy Ruff and what, you know, a lot of the players have called one of the most pivotal games of the the season for them. That's pretty sweet because that will forever live on with your voices. (laughs) I loved, I loved how the fans responded on Twitter. They were like, Hey, if, if the devils are going to win games like this, we need to bring those two back. So anytime, (laughs) anytime I'm there. Yeah, for sure. It was such an exciting game. And I, I loved that. Uh, Kelly and I were like, listen, you know, they got three, but we're not even worried. We're feeling good <laughs> things are going to happen. The devils are going to get it together. And they sure enough did. It wasn't an exciting game though. <laughs> there was Can a you, lot of people yeah. are going, no, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> There's a lot of people on Twitter and on Facebook, and I'm sure in your text messages and DMS and every possible way to communicate. So who was the greatest message you received some words from based off of your, your night with the devils? Oh, wow. That's really <laughs> tough. All right. I, I two came to mind. Um, so one is uh, I was on the plane coming back from the game and it was, a there was a premier hockey federation coaches call and coach Paul Mara of the Boston pride always gives me a hard time. Every time I get on the call, it's like five minutes of just like ripping into Erica. I mean, Kelly can attest to this. You've been on some of those calls where he just like, I'm like, Paul, there's other people here. Like we got a job to do. But, uh, so I make that call 
uh, I was a little bit late and I'm getting on the plane. And instead of like, you know, doing his, you know, dad jokes or whatever he does towards me, he said, Oh, you know, so you, you made the call. I was like, here we go. But he had nothing but nice things to say. He said that he tuned in. And I think that was probably one of the first times I didn't have to, you know, have him berate me on a, <laughs> on a call. So that was awesome. Um, and then as Kelly and I were getting ready and I actually showed Kelly this tweet, but Andrew Berkshire, he works with um, a podcast network that I also work with. And he tweeted something out akin to that, you know, he had me on his podcast once and he remembers just like him and his co-host recapping that and being like, this girl's going to be a star. She's so awesome. And he tweeted that and I didn't know that story. So it was kind of cool. Kelly and I were just about to get ready to head up to the booth. And so those two stand out for sure. <laughs> Well, for me, I think um, just the messages I got from friends, family, uh, I got a really nice message from Bemidji State head coach Jim Scanlon and uh, just cheering me on and telling me how proud they were that I was part of something like this um, was was huge for me. Um, I think probably one of my favorite moments, though, didn't happen on social media. It was actually after Erica and I got done with the broadcast and we're headed to the post game and there was a woman and her daughter who probably was about 10 or 11 years old I'm guessing standing there waiting for us to get done just to thank us for setting this example and that meant the world to me I don't even know who the woman was and who her daughter was but it was just great to see that Erica and I were setting an example of what women can do and uh, to me that was probably one of my favorite moments um, but just the other day, I got a really great message from Matt Lachlan, and that made my day, too, because just to know that he was gracious enough, him and Chico, to uh, let us take over their booth that night. And uh, just the, the wonderful message to get from a pro like him who's been doing this for so much longer. So uh, it was such an incredible moment. I mean, there's so many amazing people that reached out to Erica and I. I know every time I saw somebody include both of us on the message on Twitter, um, it just made me so happy. I mean, it was an incredible, incredible feeling to know we had so much support. I love that. I love that. And you ladies did an awesome job. And I know the game right after that, there's all, if there's a victory, the game before we play like a flashback to the game that had just happened and your highlights were put over the video highlights. So everyone in the crowd, the next game got to hear your stuff too. So, and I, you know, I didn't know that they were going to do that. And so I was just like sitting there and I was like, Hey, <laughs> I know those voices. <laughs> I know those girls. Um, and I'm wondering because everybody has such a different path to where they want to go and what you're doing and what you're aspiring to do and what you did for that NHL broadcast. It's very rare that we find women in these positions, not, you know, it, it's becoming more common, but I'm wondering who were your influences and maybe why did you choose that type of career path and what inspired you? We can start with Kelly and then move to Erica just to make things easier. Well, um, growing up in the state of hockey, obviously I listened to a lot of Minnesota North Stars games before they left. And Al Shaver was one of my absolute favorites. I remember my mom and I watching a lot of TV game broadcasts and just listening you know, the, the great thing about doing radio, I think, versus video is you have to paint the picture. And so I've always been one of those people that love that, the magic of radio, that theater of the mind, 
um, kind of thing and being able to tell that story. So that's kind of where my influence came from when I was a kid. I always wanted to be a sports play-by-play announcer. And it wasn't until 2007, my husband finally told me, he's like, here's your shot. Uh, The BSU baseball coach had um, reached out to Brian and said, hey, why don't you guys do our games on on the radio? Well, a lot of their players were from California, Arizona, not from Bemidji, Minnesota. So it was hard to get them on the radio. So Brian said, well, let's do a webcast of it. So we'll just do the audio. We'll stream it for the parents. But my husband, the techie, he's like, you know what? This is just too much work for one sport. So he says to me, he goes, you know what, would you want to do soccer and hockey and maybe even softball in the spring? And I was like, absolutely. So actually, he's the one who uh, has been my support this whole time and um, basically pushed me out of my comfort zone. And uh, if it wasn't for Brian Schultz, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you ladies right now. So, uh, you know, it's crazy. There weren't many women doing this. Um, Even in the last 15, 20 years, there's a handful, um, but none have done it in the NHL that I'm aware of. I know a color couple of analysts, obviously. Um, and of course, now there's a few women that are doing it on a bigger stage. But when I was younger, there really wasn't anyone. I know, like, I look back on some of the women I looked up to, and a lot of them were sideline reporters for the NFL. Uh, Susie Kolber, Michelle Tafoya, Pam Oliver, um, you know, there's a handful out there that I looked up to and I admired. So they kind of paved the way. They were pioneers in their own rights. Um, but I knew football wasn't not my sport. I love it, but uh, definitely not my my forte. Soccer, hockey, definitely my my thing. So th- that's a that's basically it. And then, of course, working alongside people like Erica, um, there's a handful of other women that I've worked alongside in the uh, Premier Hockey Federation that I admire. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to have them around me and to have that support from my peers. So thank you, Kelly, for that. I mean, it's amazing. And your story is always so inspiring, especially because it's very different from mine. Um So my story is I got into hockey, you know, in my very late twenties through my sister. I tell that story all the time. She got really into the 2014 um, winter Olympics and watched the men's and women's tournament and USA. I mean, those were kind of wild tournaments for both sides. And, um, but Julie Chu was who stood out to her. And so me being the big sister and the the sports fan and the family, I was like, all right, you're going to do the hockey. We're going to do the hockey. I'm going to take you to the hockey games. We're just going to have a good time and teach you how to be a fan. Don't know anything about the hockey, but it'll be fine. Um, Amazing. I I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, and so this is, I'm a big baseball fan. And so thinking about women in the game, this is around the time where you're starting to see Jessica Mendoza, who I also played college softball. So she's probably one of the first women in um, the broadcast booth that I really honed in on because I remembered her career in college when I was younger. I remember her on the Olympic team. And then 
eventually she crossed over with the Mets, which that's my baseball team. And so the Mets also, the last time we made the World Series was in 2015. And that was also the year that I started getting into hockey. I was taking my sister to, at the time, New York Riveters games. They hadn't made their way to New Jersey yet. And um, so all of this is kind of happening. Um, you know, I'm, I'm listening to Mendoza call on radio baseball and uh, I'm watching women's hockey. People like Blake Bolden stood out because she was the first black hockey player I saw in real life. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, black people play hockey. And, um, and then I started learning on the fly. So I met Kelly a little bit later, but Sherry Ross was actually the first woman that I got to work with once I started on the broadcast side of things. So I had started covering hockey that uh, by that first season that I was watching women's hockey, I got tapped to just, they're like, Hey, like write, write a blog for us. Like it's, it's the semifinals go for it. I was like, what? I had this opportunity with a outlet. They don't exist anymore, but Luis Sanchez, he calls games at for the Boston college women's hockey team. And uh, he was looking for some help to, to do some hockey coverage. So that's how I got into hockey. Then by the next season, someone was like, Hey, Erica, the Riveters are looking for a color analyst. And we think you're great. You should hop on there. I was like, never done that before. Not even sure I know enough about hockey. They're like, it'll be fine. You're a sports person. Go for it. And it was just people putting me in positions. Eventually I got to speak to Sherry Ross working with the Riveters on the broadcast and I was rinkside. And I remember talking to Sherry because even though Marissa and Jemmy had been doing games for the Boston team, I hadn't worked with her. And I was like, Sherry, I need to know everything that you know, like, tell me all the things. And she's like, first of all, Erica, like, you've got this. She's like, if anything, I need to learn. If I want to learn about the Riveters, I'm going to come and talk to you. And she's like, just remember what got you here. And that's what's going to take you. And I think when I think about that moment, it's just really my curiosity and my passion for women in sports that I think has gotten me to this uh, space. So while it's not any particular one broadcaster, although there's others now that I know, um, such as Kelly, we got to work together, I guess, back in 2018, when it was the NWHL All-Star Game came to Minnesota, uh, Kate Scott has been someone that's been a, an amazing support. I've never gotten to work with Kate, but she has done some hockey, obviously, and is now with the Sixers and in the Devils family. So that's pretty cool. I saw she was just up in, in Jersey for, for something. Um, but yeah, I've been lucky to learn on the fly, <laughs> as, as we say. Um, and it's been just amazing. But when I think of... Uh, where I got my, not necessarily my passion for sports, but my passion for life and my curiosity that definitely comes from my family, my mom in particular. She always tells us, you know, you gotta, even if I'm telling you something and sometimes she contradicts herself, but she, she usually agrees with the, that, you know, if someone tells you something, think about it and think about if it holds true for you, even if I'm saying it, and if it doesn't, then do a little more digging. And that's just like how she raised her three daughters. And so, although it's not directly sports related and adjacent, I think those are the things, my passion and curiosity that have led me to a successful career in sports. You both were able to then, after these extensive careers already, take another step in your career and come call a Devils game. I want to dive into what the experience was like, because we have talked with you both on NewJerseyDevils.com about how you found out. 
So now that you're looking back and you think back to that whole game, what were the nitty gritty details? What was it like actually calling the NHL game and watching these players and reacting to the five unanswered goals to come back? Like what were all the different parts that the average person who was listening in didn't really know about your experience? Wow. Um, I think I would start with just the preparation for me. I was not expecting to to travel to Jersey or at all, quite honestly, so close to coming back from the Olympics. And that is such a massive event. And I was like, I'm going to get to rest. And then the devils are like, come call a game. And I was like, you bet. (laughs) So I was a little bit nervous, uh, more nervous than I think I usually am. Um, because I, I just wanted to make sure that I was prepared enough and that I was really setting Kelly up because uh, I feel that that's the analyst job. Like, you know, it's kind of like playing catch. And um, so I was a little bit nervous because I was uh, I was kind of fatigued. And so I had to like, you know, pump myself up and, and do all of that. But once I got there and I'm actually very thankful that it was the devils because I've been to Prudential center as a fan coming over to games right after riveters practice, literally just walking through the building. I I was there when the riveters raised their banner. So it was a very comfortable environment. And I was very thankful for that because everything else then fell into place. Having Kelly by my side, like everything else just fell into place. Um, But the energy at at the rock is always great. Uh, And so that was amazing. And that kind of fuels my style like high energy, just like going for it. I mentioned the arena karaoke a few times on the call, like just kind of knowing that that's a thing. And um, that's what made me feel at home. So I got to give, you know, primary assist to the fans there because they definitely helped me, even though it was very overwhelming in a good way though. Like, and I, it was, uh, it was coming off of some, some pretty big travel fatigue, but I'm glad that we did it. Kelly and I had some time, um, to prep and go through names and stuff like that the day of after morning skate and everything and obviously connected with both of you to make sure we knew just kind of the run of show and whatnot and so those are some of the things that stand out to me is just having that familiarity and that energy because that fits so much into the style that I try to have. Well, I'd have to agree with Erica as far as the energy from the crowd, because that is also what fuels me. Um, just being around that atmosphere is incredible. I'm, I'm used to being at a rink, but definitely not in that capacity. That was an incredible moment. Um, I just think all the prep that uh, I normally do for my own college games that I cover, I had flashcards. I was working on those on the plane. I had a few people kind of give me the side eye and look at me kind of funny, but I'm like, I had to go through them and figure out, you know, which number was which and which player. Um, A couple of the pronunciations I got stuck on. Yes, I got called out on Twitter a few times, but hey, I figured it out by the by the time the devils started coming back. I was like, yeah, okay, we're all feeling this right now. Um, So that first period was kind of eh. Second period, third period for myself and the Devils, it was all good. So um, I think what was cool too is the fans there at uh, Prudential coming up the aisle, seeing Erica and I after we were up on the Jumbotron and congratulating us. That, I mean, that just fuels you too. Um, The energy, the excitement, uh, gosh, you know what? It was definitely an experience I won't ever forget. The crew there. 
both you, Catherine, and Amanda, just having the, the squad backing us up and cheering us on. And, you know, it just, it felt good. Everybody from, from top to bottom, where there were the ushers all the way up to um, Mark in content, you know, the VP of content there who reached out to me originally, um, just everybody was amazing. And you know what, I can't say enough about uh, how incredible uh, the entire evening was. I almost, I wish I could go back and relive it all over again. I wouldn't have changed a thing. Was there anything that surprised you about the process of, you know, a game day, not just as a broadcaster, but just, you know, when people think of the game, you think, okay, it's seven o'clock start till 11 o'clock or what have you. But, you know, you guys were there for morning skate. You were all a part of that. Was there something that you particularly enjoyed about that experience of really, you know, not just coming in and, you know, taking over the microphones, but you, you were the broadcasters for that day. You did the morning skate. You did all that stuff. Well, I think yeah, for the I morning, the pressure in the morning after the morning skate was definitely something I've never seen in college hockey. They don't do that. They do the post-game pressers and they'll do a pre-game, but it's usually like a couple of days leading up to it. So for to have a full day like that, I think was an incredible experience because it did build you up for what was to come when the puck did finally drop. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting because I, I, um, have not called any college games. So I've done women's professional hockey. And then, um, on the journalism side through some podcasting, I do uh, following the Seattle Kraken team. That's why I gave a few Nate Bastion, uh, you know, shout outs on the, on the broadcast. Hey, listen, our fan base is totally happy with Nate Bastion (laughs) shout outs. (laughs) I mean, it, it, he got a goal, you know, it was a full body goal, but uh, we'll take it. <laughs> but um, I think having that experience and being at an NHL training camp and then preseason, I kind of got used to the long days. So I was kind of thankful that I had that because until Kelly said that, I don't think I would have really realized that it was different than my experience. And on the women's side of hockey, Uh, especially in the last two seasons where we've been calling remotely and obviously COVID and Zoom calls and everything, that was an adjustment, but it was nice to kind of get back to that familiarity in at least the last time I was in an NHL setting, albeit not on the broadcast side. So that was really cool. I think if anything, um, it was just I wasn't expecting to be as familiar, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Uh, I was like, all right, this is the, the NHL, things are going to be different. And then I was like, ah, that, it's hockey. We're doing, we're doing the hockey. So <laughs> I think <laughs> that that's the really most cool. important part, right? It's just like this reminder that like, when you walk into that atmosphere, we're all just, we're all there because we're so passionate about the game in all different levels, whether it's, you know, wanting to call play-by-play, color, reporter, all those things. We're all there for the same reason. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And everyone in the organization, as Kelly has already said, including the players that we interacted with were fantastic, treated us like pros. And, you know, I think that there is sometimes when you have these type of events um, that you are showcasing people, um, you 
or people generally speaking tend to wonder you know, how integrated are these folks really? And I can attest, I'm sure Kelly would agree, like, you know, we did the work. Um, We were there. And um, that was really great. It wasn't um, having to worry about, you know, air quotes, stepping on anyone's toes or anything like that. If anything, again, Amanda, Catherine, everyone was so welcoming and just treated us like uh, one of the crew for the day and one of the staff. And that was really cool. You mentioned it, but, you know, a woman and her daughter coming up and talking to you, people coming up and talking to you throughout the game. We always talk about representation when women come first in a situation like this. We're like, oh, the first woman to have an all women's broadcast crew. That's so important. Representation is beyond important because it shows someone else that they can do it. However, I want to flip this question because that's a question I'm sure both of you have been answering many times in your careers. For you, what does it feel like knowing that you are that person though, that you are that trailblazer, that role model for the next generation? Because you can easily say, you know, I'm happy to be a part of it and representation is so important, but what does it actually mean when you sit there and you're like, wow, I I did this. (laughs) Uh, I still have the shivers when you just said that I got the chills because it just, there is something special about being the first and being um, part of something that's special that's going to go down in history. Like, I think it really hit me. I can't remember if it was you, Catherine, or who it was that said, this is going to forever be in the devil's record books. You know, when they look back on this date, you two, your names are going to be right next to this broadcast. And I seriously, it took me that I think that was the moment when I went, oh my God, I did this. And uh, to be able to set an example, to be that pioneer, to be that trailblazer, it's on, it's, there are no words. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I, I echo a lot of what Kelly said, and there's an other element for me, as far as since I've been broadcasting and kind of talked about how it came about pretty quickly for me, once it started, it like started, you know, it was like, bam, here you go. Um, so I didn't always have the time to look back on history. So if there are moments like for example, calling my first NWHL game at the time, now the Premier Hockey Federation, I wasn't thinking about that there were no other Black people that had ever called a game before because it was only the second season. So everything was new and I didn't think about it in that context. But since then, you know, I think it came to my attention when Kelly and I, we worked the All-Star Weekend in Nashville and I actually was trying to write um, about the league. And someone was like, well, Hey, this is an all woman broadcast. Sherry, Sherry Ross was with us. So we made some history there for the, at the time NWHL. Um, and then it kind of hit me. I was like, wow, these things, like they, they're, they're like a thing, like first women doing things and the first black person or first black woman, or first also Latina to do this is kind of a big deal. I mentioned Jessica Mendoza before, and I started thinking about this and the same thing with the New Jersey devils, you know, having an all woman broadcast team. And I had been for the past year or two, trying to find other black women or melanated women, BIPOC women calling games in hockey specifically. Uh, So I know some obviously in in women's basketball and we have even former players or active players like Sarah Nurse or Blake Bolden that are doing studio work. But in hockey, I, I hadn't yet seen a black woman 
working yep. in the booth, either as play-by-play or an analyst. And I don't know if that means that I, I just, I literally do not know. All I know is that I haven't come across any and people who have been in hockey for uh, much longer than me also, we just don't know. And I think there's two things that I want to say. So it would be kind of cool, I guess, uh, to, to be the first. And it's also a little bit, it makes me, I don't know if sad is the right word, but it definitely makes me think and reflect because, um, you know, I don't know that I'm any better or worse than, than any other black woman who has aspirations to be an analyst or to call play by play in hockey in particular. Um, and some of it is just getting those opportunities. So first and foremost, I'm very thankful to my little sister for falling in love with hockey. And then to <laughs> Mike Murphy for saying, Hey, I don't want to do this, but I think you'd be great. And so many other people uh, that have come along my path to put me in a position to potentially be that first person. Um, But I also know that, especially for women, for Black and melanated women, that even if we are the first, sometimes it takes a while to unearth that history. So if I'm not, I definitely want to find whoever was. And if I am, then my hope is that I find someone that comes right on my heels and to the point where, you know, it's really not a conversation about me, but it's a conversation about all of us. I was going to say, you know, that's such a, you know, profound way of, of looking at the experience that you had. Um, and I'm wondering what's next for you guys, right? Like you, you guys talk like, um, you know, this has been such an amazing experience for you, but it, it's a, a one-time moment, but it doesn't have to be. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it really doesn't have to be a one. It can be a springboard. So for you guys, I mean, as we start to wrap things up, what, like, what is the next step? What's the next goal? Where, where are you guys headed? <laughs> well, I was, I was honestly hoping to be in Florida this weekend to broadcast some uh, final weekends of the regular season for the premier hockey federation. Unfortunately, a little slip and an accident. Now I'm having ankle surgery on Monday, but um, in my distant future, once I'm back on my feet, um, I would love to do more NHL games. Obviously, once you get the taste of it, you you get more hungry for it. And, <laughs> exactly. And it was one of those things where I never thought that I could do it. And then I get the chance to do it. And I'm like, I can do this. Um, so it added a lot of confidence. I think my dream always has been to broadcast at the winter Olympics and do either men's or women's hockey. Um, I've been following women's hockey since 2007 for the WCHA. So obviously I know a lot of those players names. I've watched them play through their college careers and to be able to go to the Olympics would be my, that I think would be my next step before maybe going to the NHL again, but you never know. So uh, that's where my future holds. Um, I'm hoping to broadcast a couple of uh, softball games this spring once I'm back on my feet for Bemidji State. And uh, as of now, I have uh, high hopes and big dreams and going to just keep plugging away and, and honing my skills. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much echo what, what Kelly is saying. I got the taste, got the, got the feel for it. I mean... New Jersey Devils. I'm just saying, you're not looking so bad with Kelly and I in the booth. <laughs> um, but 
But uh, yeah, I think it was just such an energizing experience. You know, I think there's a lot of times and it's happened even when I uh, started doing a podcast with an NHL team or, um, you know, covering an NHL team where people are like, oh, like now you made it. And I don't really see it that way. I mean, I understand I understand it for sure. And we cannot deny that the, the level that the New Jersey Devils and, and the production that they put on is, is huge. Um, and I have to remember, as Sherry Ross reminded me, remember what got you there. And it's been women's hockey. It's always been women's hockey. Everything in my journalism career stems from women's hockey. So like Kelly, I hope to keep my finger on the pulse there totally open to other opportunities and uh, we do still have some women's pro hockey here and I'll do I'll have a little bit of a different role as we get into the championship game in particular so I'll get to flex a, a different set of broadcast muscles so I, I don't know what has been announced so <laughs> I don't want to like get fined you know or whatever uh, no they're like I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut I'm here gonna, but tell yeah. you that something big like, is coming I know I was like I don't know what they don't I was joking they don't find us at least I've never been fined I don't know about you Kelly you've never given them reason to find you yeah we're gonna keep it that way no I don't know uh but yeah so there's some things coming up there and then um actually this weekend I will be back on the mic but for women's soccer it's the 10th anniversary of the National Women's Soccer League and as it turns out I will be on the call I'll be the analyst for the Jersey team now uh, the Gotham FC team. So formerly Sky Blue FC, but now they're New York, New Jersey Gotham. So that's going to be pretty exciting. It's another opportunity. As you can probably tell from this podcast, I just love talking. I love talking. <laughs> um, and so the more that I can do that in as many ways, uh, the, the better. So again, thank you to the Devils. I think this obviously is such an important way to show that, you know, you can put two women in the booth you know, one as a uh, pre and post game and someone on sideline and the world will not explode. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, it was so much fun. The camaraderie was amazing. And I hope that more, not just women, but just more of us in this space get to experience that. I'm sure we can all attest that it's not always like this. The energy is not always great when you're working with someone new or someone that's been there before, but I can honestly say soup to nuts, start to finish. Um, everyone at the New Jersey Devils has been so amazing to us and, and welcoming. And so for that, I am eternally uh, grateful. I think one of the, sorry, I just wanted to jump in here and just say, I think one of the most important things that I've learned talking to you guys, and I think Catherine would agree, and I think it's something Catherine and I did on our career path too, is you take every opportunity of uh, that comes your way, whether, you know, you know, you're calling soccer or baseball or this or that, that's how, you know, that's how we make it as like a collective. Absolutely. I second that. Um, and I totally agree with what Erica said, as far as the, the people there in New Jersey will always have a special place in my heart. I already ordered myself a New Jersey Devils uh, t-shirt and it was delivered at my work. And of course I'm stuck at home. So I will wear it proudly once I do get it. Um, just knowing that all of you amazing people are involved with that organization and uh, had opened up your arms and put out the proverbial red carpet for Erica and I and treated us like queens 
that uh, that day was amazing and uh, definitely one I won't forget. And before you let us go, I'm going to throw this out to the universe because <laughs> I think Erica would agree. The Women's World Championships are coming back to the United States in June. Well, if they're looking for a play-by-play and an analyst, look no further. Erica, hey, let's go. I like it. I like it. We will vouch for you guys. You don't need us to vouch for you, but let's go. We've got a man of NHL games, world championship games. I mean, they're on the same level of intensity. So I think it's a perfect match. We'll see what the universe can do for that. But Erica and Kelly, I know you both have said, you know, thank you, but really thank you both for your time. And especially not only today, but just to be a part of this momentous day. And like we said, you were trailblazers. And I hope that it's hard for us to look inwards at ourselves, but I hope you both are able to reflect on that and realize the huge impacts you both have had with just even one game and hopefully very more to come for both of you in the future. But that is unfortunately all the time we have with you both today, but thank you for an amazing call, an amazing conversation today. And we will have our fans come follow you and check out your work and support you as you both are fantastic analysts and play-by-plays. Thank you Thanks, so much. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Amanda. Amanda, it's always fun talking with Erica and Kelly, especially when you get to talk about something so cool, like both of them making history. Yeah, it, it was. And it was so nice to work with them. You know, you worked with them a lot more because you were, you know, a, a little more hands-on with them than I was just given our roles. But um, sitting with them, you know, during the morning skate or the, the media availability, I just loved, honestly, like I really loved this, that they just like grabbed the mic and ask questions because it seems like such like a, a an easy thing to do a it's not when you're like a new person in a room and b especially when you're not someone who's normally there and I just love that because that speaks to who they are as people who they are as broadcasters and what they want to do um, and I absolutely love that they're great great women and uh, you know there's there's a future for them somewhere in here that's for sure yes and hopefully this is a movement, not a moment. We hear that a lot. We want that actually when we're making change with society and with social justice issues, with gender equality, with different parts that we need to improve, we don't want it to be a one-time thing. And this is not. (laughs) Yeah, we, we don't. We really don't. And I think, I mean, I've been in the business many years and even in like my 10 plus years, I've seen the shift, right? And I'm sure you have too. Like, when I first started, I was at a radio station and I was the only girl. Um, and for a very long time, it felt very isolating, but you, you know, you're seeing it more and more. And I think it's because of moments like this, like Kelly and Erica and what they're doing and, um, getting out there, getting their names out there and having these trailblazing moments. Um, that story that Kelly told about that woman and her, her, her daughter, like that's really profound. Like that's, that's the start of it. That's the start of, you know, like you said, the movement. Let's hope that they are on another broadcast soon for the NHL. They both deserve it and they're both fantastic at what they do. But thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into another episode of the Speak of the Devils podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. We will see you next time.